Hi, this is Pastor Bobby Anyon. Today is day number two, and we talk about healing methods found in the Word of God. Six methods we have talked about, but what I'm going to talk about today is being led by the Holy Spirit. Maybe it's not important to put one level above another, but listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. How does He want to see you get healed? Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Great to have you here today. I started a two-day series yesterday talking about methods of healings found in the New Testament and uh, different ways that God wants to approach us. I, what I started out was with this. All healing comes from God and comes through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the agent that brings salvation to us and healing to us. And so, but there's different things we can do on our end to open ourselves up to receive. The key word in the word of God for salvation is receive. John chapter one, as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. Receiving is simply a word that talks about it's given freely by grace, but we have to take it. We have to just reach out and take it. And that's how we get saved, but it's also how we get healed. The blind receive their sight. Jesus said to uh, the disciples of John who went back and told him what Jesus had to say, which again brings the fact that healing is also received. And so, like I said yesterday, there's times I've talked to people who seem so skeptical and, and I just simply said, turn off that, you know, that, that side of your brain that has to figure everything out. Stop it. I said, just receive. Turn that off. In fact, mentally say, I'm gonna quit trying to figure this out and just open yourself up to receive. That's the simplicity of faith. That's all it is. And receive your healing. Receive deliverance from cancer. Receive deliverance from this flu that you've got, whatever it may be, the fever. Again, this is how we do it. And so this is what the Lord was saying. So we I, we began yesterday and I talked about three different ways that we can receive our healing. First of all is the laying on of hands. And that was given to us in Mark chapter 16. These signs shall follow them who believe. So as we believe, in the name of Jesus, and we get saved, we can now begin to expect signs to follow us. In my name, they'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues, pick up serpents. If they drink any deadly thing, that doesn't mean you purposely pick up serpents. If they bite you like they did with Paul on the island, then again, he just shook it off because he trusted in God. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They'll lay hands on the sick and they, that is the sick, shall recover. So we brought out the fact that healing is a part of the gospel. It's part of the great commission given to us to take to the world. And then also, number two, there's agreement in prayer for believers. Matthew chapter 18, verses 19 and 20 says, Again, I say to you that if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father who is in heaven, for where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in the midst of them. So there's agreement in prayer. And two Christians can agree together. And that's all it takes is two. You can have more. And there's times when the Bible talks about the whole church prayed for Peter when he was in prison. And so there are those times. But you know what? If You ought to have yourself a prayer partner. That if you have something wrong in your life or you hear of something and even somebody else's life, it says anything. God will answer any prayer if two of you shall agree. So again, agreement, we talked about agreement and those are found in the books that I'm offering and you'll be able to, to see that. And so avail yourself of that here when halftime comes, when they'll talk about the book that what I'm offering because it has to do with healing. So uh, again, there's agreement in prayer to agreeing, both agreeing in prayer, agreeing in faith, 
uh, again, you, symphon you symphonize together. That's what the word agree means, symphoneo, to form a symphony. And you, you, know, you come together and God hears that harmony that comes together when you're there as to agree. And so it's important you do that. So it's important, again, that you have you know, your husband or wife, a friend, a partner at your office that you work with, somebody that you can agree with, and always depend on that, that when something comes up, you understand each other's heart, you understand the heart of God, you understand the will of God, and you agree in prayer. Next of all, the third one was anointing with oil. This is where we ended yesterday, that this is for believers only. James chapter five, verse 14 and 15. Is there any sick among you? He's speaking to the church. James was the pastor and said, is there any sick among you here in the congregation? Let him or her call for the elders of the church. Let them, the elders, pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord and the prayer of faith from the elders will heal the weak one. The Greek word there for sick is not just sick, but also weak. And it says the Lord will heal the weak one and the Lord will raise him up. If you're weak in faith, if it's like you've tried everything, nothing seems to be working, shut your brain off. Ask for the elders of the church to pray in faith. And when they pray in faith, God will heal you because of your their faith. And even it goes on to say in the next verses, and if you've committed any sins, he'll be forgiven you. Apparently, you may not know the sins you've committed or not familiar with them, or you know, you just don't know how to get rid of them. But somehow you become weak, you become despondent, you become discouraged, and this has caused you to become sick. So call for these people around you and have them pray over you. And that will get you back in shape where you can start to grow up a little bit. Maybe next time you won't need the elders of the church, but thank God for the faith of others. Today we take up from there, we're talking about the gifts of healings. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And here we have a listing of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And one of them given to one is given by the Holy Spirit, the gifts of healings by the same Spirit. And so a listing of number of these, the, the, the gifts of the Spirit are word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. But here's what it says, that also there are gifts of healings. Both words are plural in the Greek, which means that there are certain things that operate through certain people. And it's not something they can turn on and off by will, but yet they can use their faith and the, the Spirit will work with them. They will work with the Spirit. I hate to use this analogy, but it's kind of like the force where it was first introduced, you know, in, in the movie to Luke. And so it was told to him, he said, it works with you, but you work with it. You learn to work together. And this is the way the gifts of the spirit are. It's not like something just suddenly overwhelms you and shocks you. you. Go, oh, the gifts of the spirit are here. No, it's something that at a certain time, and I've seen them operate in churches, especially after great times of praise and worship, where they begin to operate in people's lives. But also those who are called into specific ministries, such as the evangelist. We find this operating in the early days, Acts chapter six, where again, we have them there. And uh, Philip went out to preach in the uh, city of Samaria and great signs and wonders occurred in him because he was an evangelist. But also we had before that Stephen and he was just a teacher of the word of God, but yet signs and wonders operate through him. And usually they operate through specific ministries. Not everyone has all these gifts. No one has all these gifts, but certain ones are given by the spirit to certain individuals. And here we have to one is given by the spirit, the gifts of healings by the same spirit. Uh, I, I, this is the best analogy I've heard for healings being plural and gifts being plural is there's not one person who operates and can heal every single case, but they're gifted in certain areas. And I know of certain ministers that were gifted when it came to opening deaf ears, deaf um, and, and eyes that wouldn't see, uh, blind eyes, but also some that were gifted like in cancer. They saw cancer healed. One man talked about that his ministry really saw deaf ears open. In fact, was in one ward of a hospital where deaf people were. 
And literally he said, I, I went in there to pray for one man. He said, that gift was in operation over me. And he said, I, I, he said, I still sensed his presence. I started laying hands on other people that had deaf ears in that particular wing. And he said, every one of them got healed. So again, that isn't something that happens every day. You can't count on the gifts of the Holy Spirit being present at all times, but there's certain times it just shows up and you can, uh, you can have that done. So these gifts, again, usually work in the evangelist's ministry. And these gifts operate as the Holy Spirit wills, not by your will, but as the Holy Spirit wills and are not as frequent as other methods of healings. The other methods of healing simply operate by your faith. This is God showing special gifts and such ministers as Oral Roberts, Kenneth Hagin that I worked for for numbers of years. You can count on it when you get to a meeting, there's certain things begin to happen, especially in praise and worship. At the end, you can sense the presence of the Holy Spirit and you just knew that he would start operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This was seen in Catherine Kuhlman's meetings. And she used to cry after meetings were over, wondering why. Why doesn't everybody get here? When am I ever going to leave a meeting and every single person got healed, as it was in Jesus' ministry? I don't quite have all the answers, but I can tell you, Catherine, you're in heaven now. You're not Jesus, okay? We all have the Spirit by measure. And you might have had certain areas you're gifted in, but you know what? I was in your meetings, two meetings that you came to Tulsa. My wife and I sang in the choir just so we could get a seat because it was so packed in there, but we joined the choir so we could have a seat. We're right up there by you, but I just saw incredible unthinkable things happening by the Holy Spirit, just just things that would blow your mind. And I was there when you called a person out in the balcony and told them they were being healed of a certain disease. Right there at that moment, that person screamed up there, came running down later and gave her testimony how this thing had been around for some time, came to a meeting, hoping she would get called out. And, and sure enough, she got called out and Catherine pointed to her and had her come down out of the balcony. And so gifts of healings are present in the word of God. Gifts of healings, again, are plural. And this is great, great things. Again, I've been in meetings where these are going on. I've seen it happen right in church. And I have gifts of the Spirit operate through me, but very rarely is it gifts of healings. That's usually for the evangelist ministry. I've had word of wisdom and word of knowledge over people, especially when I lay hands on ministers to send them out. And the moment I lay hands on them, I can start to see certain things in them. It's God opening up this to me through a gift of the Spirit. I can't turn that on and off at will. It's just that certain times, it's almost like after certain times of doing it, you can almost predict it's going to happen. And yes, it happens. I laid hands on one man that was going out and he and his wife were questioning. They were going uh, to... Uh, they were going to Grand Rapids, Michigan. And as I laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit just told me, and I told them, I said, it's going to be grand and rapid. And I mean, they told me later on, that's exactly what they said. They went there with all kinds of questions. They said it was one of the happiest times. And when they got there, it happened so quickly. And God began to bless. They raised up a great church that was there. And so again, uh, just, just different words. I've got at different times over people and God answered it. And sure enough, that was what God said. So these are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You can't always count on them, but I can tell you this. Thank God when they're present, just, just the sense of God's presence is so stronger than at normal times that the gifts of healings are there. The rest of the time you do it simply because the Bible says, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. Faith in that simple promise causes it to come to pass. When uh, the elders pray over somebody, the prayer of faith will save the sick. And it doesn't say at certain times, there didn't even have to be a gift of the spirit in operation. You are simply being obedient to the scripture and the Holy Spirit is being responsive to your simple faith that when we lay hands on the sick person, they will be healed and the Lord will raise them up. This happened under Jesus' ministry. The next area I wanna talk about is prayer clause. This happened in Acts chapter 19. It says, God produced special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body were brought to the sick handkerchiefs or aprons and the diseases departed from them and the evil spirits went out of them. 
cloths can hold the healing power of God. The hem of Jesus' garment was touched and many people were healed as the power flowed through him and into their bodies. The woman with the issue of blood simply touched the hem of Jesus' garment and one time groups of people touched his garment and they were healed. Healing anointing can be stored in prayer clause but is released by simple faith. People who are not even in the service can experience the anointing which was in the service because of prayer clause being taken to them. And this was brought out in Acts chapter 19, verses 11 and 12, that the people came to the meetings and they laid those handkerchiefs and aprons on Paul's body, ran from the meeting and laid them on the, on the people that were sick. And that, so with the diseases were part of it, the diseases went out of them. But next of all, if they were demon possessed, the evil spirits went out of them, whether the diseases were literally caused by, by sickness or whether it was caused by evil spirits or even demon possession, those demons left them and the diseases departed out of them. And again, they were just laid on people and people probably were told, just trust God's power that's here. People who were not even in the service experienced the anointing, which was at the service. When we come back, we'll take up number six and talk about standing on God's promises for yourself. How much faith do I need to be healed? In The Grace of Healing, Bob Yandian answers this question and reveals the missing ingredient to the healing you've been praying for, grace. Throughout church history, the doctrines of grace and faith have been taken to separate extremes as they relate to healing. The result is that many believers struggle to receive healing from God. Those on the side of grace deny the need for faith, believing that God only heals a select few. For those who only see a need for faith, the pursuit of healing becomes a legalistic struggle to change God's mind. Pastor Bob takes a different approach. With practical biblical teaching, that balances both elements of grace and faith. You'll find the healing you've been waiting for when you find the missing ingredient of grace. To order The Grace of Healing, visit bobyendian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. All right, let's get back to where we were. We ended with prayer clause. I just want to add a story here about prayer clause is that uh, Brother Shambach, who had a tele uh, 
had a television and radio ministry for many, many years. Uh, had a broadcast on there. And I remember hearing one of them that just did, amazed me. And that was, he talked about prayer clause. And he, he would have in his meetings, just people bring handkerchiefs and lay them up there on the front. And he have a table and he would go and lay hands on them and have those that were in his ministry also lay hands on them. And got great reports back. We used to do that in our church is we had a table up front where we had communion and uh, we would lay prayer cloths up there. People would bring handkerchiefs. I always said, put your name on it because we don't want somebody stealing prayer cloths. I said, if you do steal a prayer cloth, it doesn't belong to you. I said, it won't work, okay? Uh, you can't add sin to this situation. So just put your name on it and come up there. And so people at the end of the service would come and search for theirs and take them. And we had a tremendous reports brought back of what happened just simply standing on this verse of scripture. It happened with Paul in the city of Ephesus. It can still happen today. And so we took that verse of scripture. But uh, he just mentioned a lady wrote him and said, uh, and uh, asked him in her letter, she said, uh, if, um, you know, if I send you some candy, will you lay hands on this candy? Because my husband's in, uh, you know, is in the place and I must send that candy to him and will it work? And so he he simply wrote her back and said, ma'am, it won't work, you know, because the Bible talks about prayer clause. Well, she sent back and even called his office and talked to him. She said, no, you don't, you don't understand. Let me explain to you. He is in a mental institution and he has terrible mental issues. And I know it's demonic. And she said, but you know, they don't let prayer clause in because they know when prayer clause come in, it does heal people, but it causes the other ones to go crazy. They start screaming when those prayer clause are even brought in because the presence of God and Satan hates that presence of God. She said, but they will allow candy. And she said, I have sent candy in before and they have no problem sending the candy to him. And even some around there might share that candy. And she said, would you pray over the candy? He said, send me the candy. So she did. And he said it was a big box of chocolates and had some hard candies and stuff like that. He laid hands on that candy and commanded that demons and sickness were going to depart from them. And she, and he sent that to the lady. She took it to him in prison. They, of course, they allowed it in. And she said, I just want you to know, he didn't bite into a piece of candy. He bit into the power of God. He said that demonic thing left him. He was pronounced well. They let him go within a period of weeks after examining and examining. She said, he's now home with me. And she said, thank you for doing that. He said, I learned something. He said, it's not just the thing that it's that you pray over. It is the anointing that heals, not the cloth. It didn't say that that the uh, that the aprons and the handkerchiefs caused the demons and the sickness to leave. No, the power of God caused it to leave. So again, there's many things. And again, I, you know, there's times it's just almost unexplainable how that by simple faith, these things can happen. Let's talk about number six. The five that we brought out before are different methods that God uses. How about standing on God's promises just for yourself? Mark chapter 11 and verse 24. Jesus said, I say to you that whatever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. I want you to notice the key word here is you. I say to you, whatever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them five times the word you is mentioned. This is not something you do for somebody else. This is something that you do. And the point of it is, is you have no one around to agree with you, no church to pray for you, no elders around you, but you're strong enough in faith that you simply say, you know what? If God said it, I'm gonna believe it. If God said I can do this, I'm gonna trust him totally. And you literally take God at his word. And so when you pray, you believe that you receive them, you shall have them. And this can also deal with sickness and disease because whatever things you desire includes those things. It says here, whatever things you desire when you pray, you must have prayer. You must desire something strongly that has a scriptural uh, reference into it, that this is can be done, that you believe that you receive them. So it can be more than one thing at a time. And it says you shall, will have them. This is the same shall or will that says the prayer of faith will save the sick by the elders of the church. It's the same thing. It's an absolute assurance it's going to come to pass. So God's answers 
for prayers with or without others to agree, anoint with oil or lay hands on you. This verse includes healing because Jesus said, whatever you desire when you pray, you shall receive. So this has happened in my life many times. There's been times I've been driving and I didn't feel good that morning when I woke up. I kind of excused it and thought, well, you know, this just happens sometimes. Sometimes you get sick. And after I thought, Bob, stop it. Quit being stupid. This didn't come from God because God doesn't send sickness and disease. Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Sickness comes from the devil. Even the smallest of sicknesses come from the devil or from the fall, the world system. And right now, I'm just going to trust God. So while I'm praying, I believe. And by the time I get somewhere, the thing is over. This has happened so many times. And there's other times I've been I've even been led to have others lay hands on me and led to do other things. But you know, in this case, I have no leading of the Holy Spirit. I'm just thinking of Scripture. I thought... Who am I going to stop and talk to? What am I going to do? So I just simply pray over myself. And of course, it happens. And this happens because this verse says it can happen. I simply want you to understand that Mark eleven twenty four probably deals with somebody who has some spiritual understanding of the word of God, somewhat of maturity in them, more of a disciple, and they pray this prayer over themselves. And so they believe it because simply God said it's going to happen. You don't have to have a person around to get saved. You don't have to have a person lead you to Jesus. You can have people that have talked to you about this before and you find in the word of God and finally one day you say, you know what? I'm tired of this. I'm just going to receive Jesus for myself. And you pray a simple prayer or just even just use Mark, uh, Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10 and form a confession over it and simply say, in the name of Jesus, I receive Jesus as my savior. I believe God raised him from the dead just for me. I believe he's risen. And now I believe I have eternal life. Well, that's not a prayer. It's simply a statement. But yes, it can be a prayer. I have no problem with that. Talking about the sinner's prayer. But on top of that, it simply means you don't have to have somebody. You can just bow down or not even bow down. Just be standing up and do it. They even say you have to be bowing down. And it says, again, as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become the sons and daughters of God. So again, this verse would include divine healing, whatever you desire. So this is, again, standing on God's promises for yourself. But I want to say one thing in closing here today is this. Don't forget the Holy Spirit. You say, what do you mean by that? Oftentimes we just start choosing one for ourselves. But I think one of the most important things you can do is ask the Holy Spirit, what method do you want me to use? And you may say, well, is, is that even scriptural? Yes, I believe the Holy Spirit can show you what you need to do because your life affects others. In my congregation where I pastored, I had many, many doctors that were there. In fact, I had teams of doctors and some from uh, St. John's Hospital here in Tulsa, others from St. Francis, groups on their own, uh, ministries on their own. I had one group that they, they had a bus. They went out and, and they went to poor sections of town. They prayed for people and they, they fed them and, and they also gave them shots and immunities and, and witnessed to them while they did this thing. And I'm not against medicine. I'm not against doctors. In fact, medicine is placed all around us. Even a good doctor will admit he can't heal. He can only assist nature. That's a true doctor, one that is not called, he's part of the healing arts. No, he's just simply one that learned how the body heals itself, checked for deficiencies in the body, added to those deficiencies and watched the body go to work for itself. And around us, I mean, aspirin comes from willow trees and it's been there since the Garden of Eden. God put them there. In other words, God actually has filled this earth with healing things around us to where when we take it, it will cause us to be healed. But then there's also divine healing, which comes at the moment directly from God. And so these doctors knew the difference. There's times they would just, you know, they found out some deficiency in somebody, would fill that deficiency, give them a shot for something, watch the body heal itself. Or other times, even when they did that, they'd pray for them. Or they came to someone that did, especially 
especially the bus that traveled around, they didn't have time to go into extensive examinations. And when they, they did do a small examination, came up with no answer, laid hands on that person and commanded them to be healed. So there's one that believed in both. And God's not against that. Think about this. The apostle Paul traveled with Luke. We have an apostle and we have a doctor working side by side. You would think if God doesn't like doctors, he would have said that point. Don't you dare travel with this sinner, this sinner. No, and listen, for Christians to call doctors something evil is wrong because God himself is called the great physician. If he's called the great physician, then men must be lesser physicians. But physician is not, God is not called the great adulterer. It's not a name for sin. God is called something that has a good title to it. And if you call physicians sinners, you're calling God an advocate of sin. But he doesn't say that. He's called the great physician. What am I trying to say? There's nothing wrong with doctors. And they're fine. God calls doctors. And many that have talked to me have been called into the, the medical profession, but they also know this, every healing comes from God. I can't create a healing. I can only look in nature to find out what's already there. We can examine. We can examine for years. We're still looking for the final thing that will cause us to get rid of cancer altogether because they found out all these different levels in the body that are wrong, but they haven't found the right way yet to put it all together. But in the meantime, I still serve a God that can heal of cancer and I believe it. But there's nothing wrong with going to a doctor. In fact, Jesus didn't chew the woman out when she said, I've been going to a doctor's now for 12 years and spent all of my income on it. No, he didn't get mad at her. He just prayed for her and she was healed at that moment. The anointing of God flowed out of her. The presence of the Holy Spirit flowed right from him into her as she touched the hem of his garments. So I come back to this. Once the word is believed, the Holy Spirit anoints it and makes it alive. The word cannot heal all by itself. It has to have the power of the Holy Spirit. And so the word itself does heal, but the power of the Holy Spirit is what takes it out of there in print, brings it because you believe it in your heart and causes it to manifest in your life. All healing, all salvation comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. He's the connector between God who offers in grace and I who receive in faith. When we reach out to each other, it's the Holy Spirit that brings it and makes it happen at the time. The Holy Spirit brings the new birth, makes you a child of God, and the Holy Spirit is the one that anoints you and causes the disease and sickness to go. Here's the point. There's been ministries who've taught on the, the levels I talked about, the different things I talked about, laying on of hands. And, and I didn't bring up communion. You can get healed even during communion. There's laying on of hands. There's standing by yourself. Two shall agree. All these different things. And they've tried to put them on levels and showing here's the lowest level of faith up to the highest level of faith and the highest level of faith where you just stand by yourself and believe God's word. I don't believe they're this way. I believe they're this way. I believe there's no one method better than another. But here's the point where we often admit, we don't ask the Holy Spirit, which one do you want me to use? Now, there may be times he doesn't say anything, you choose. But there's also those times, so I think that he'll just point one of them out to you. And that happened to me one time because I was overseas. I was in uh, in Ireland and I just, there was something wrong with me and I, and I, and I couldn't, I, it's like I would, I would eat, but it wouldn't pass. I didn't pass, uh, you know, out of my body for some time. And I began to get concerned about this. And what happened was all this stuff was just piling up inside my body. I could drink and feel it go down this far and it would splash because nothing was going through my system and found out later from the doctor that I had a colon tumor. And so I began to pray for healing. And the Lord actually uh, uh, told me, go to your doctor for it. I went to my doctor. 
I flew back, went to my doctor. They did surgery on me and I announced it to the church. I thanked those doctors who were in my church, mentioned them by name, and the congregation applauded them. In other words, I actually made them look better and told them the Holy Spirit actually told me. I was told, and I, the Holy Spirit even told me, they're gonna tell you it's gonna take three hours, it's gonna take an hour and a half. And they're gonna tell me, we thought it would spread through your body because of the rapidness of the growth, but no, it was totally encapsulated. The Lord told me that ahead of time. And when I woke up, that's exactly what they told me. It took an hour and a half and it was totally encapsulated. God watched over you. And I now said to the congregation, you know what, those doctors came to me later saying, thank you, because there's still people who think we're in some kind of evil profession. So again, thank you for tuning in. Be sure and get hold of the book. I'll see you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.